This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 501. Thanks for listening once again. Great to have your company on the show and thank you so much for all the people who entered our competition and also sent us well wishes for our episode 500 last week. It was fantastic to hear from you all. My name is Stephen Fenning. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, how Facebook tried to bully the Australian government on the media bargaining code the smartphone designed specifically for seniors, and why you need to change your password right now. In the Tech Guide reviews, you're going to take a look at the DJI mic. LG has released its 2022 range of TVs and the Star Wars hard drives from Seagate that were released on May the 4th. When else? And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected and Norton the company that keeps you protected. Now, I need you to cast your mind back to February 2021. And Facebook had just thrown all the toys out of the cot in the middle of the bargaining with the Australian government over the media bargaining code, and they'd taken all the news sites offline, including Tech Guide. But not only were the news sites removed from Facebook, there were a lot of community sites as well. So bushfire support, there was um, health, health pages, suicide hotlines, all these community pages that were caught up in the in this news blackout on Facebook. Now, at the time, Facebook said this was an oversight. They said that this was a, a collateral damage, if you like, of of what it, of, of their decision to take down these news pages because the classification of pages kind of crossed over. Well, some. Remarkable news has broken about this. Uh, This was reported in the Wall Street Journal and there's some leaked documents provided by a whistleblower that indicates that Facebook set out to include the community pages along with all the news sites as part of their tactic. So they didn't accidentally do this. They deliberately tried to cause mayhem. Now, the motivation behind that was to try to to improve their bargaining position, to bully the government for a more favourable outcome in the media bargaining code. Now, for those who don't remember the media bargaining code, this was a law that was drawn up by the Australian government for platforms like Facebook and Google to pay news sites for using their content. And it was quite controversial at the time and eventually Google stepped into line and Facebook in the midst of this were negotiating with the Australian government. I remember at the time it was Josh Frydenberg negotiating and, and talking on a daily basis to Mark Zuckerberg uh, for the head of Facebook. And at the end of the day, Australia actually got the result they wanted. Australia got what we wanted for in this position. But these, these, these documents indicate that, the, that Facebook set out to cause problems, to make it hard to, to strong-arm the government by removing those pages as well. Now, the, their goal was to gain the upper hand while they were in talks with the government. So the ideal scenario for Facebook would be the government being criticised because there's all of these points of contact and information were missing off the Facebook platform. Now, you've got to remember too, just thinking of this, it really makes it even worse. In February 2021, you have to remember, Australia was still 
suffering deadly bushfires were still going on in the country. And it was right in the middle of COVID when we were just launching plans for COVID vaccinations. So this was potentially a life-threatening move by Facebook. Now, apparently, according to the Wall Street Journal report, there were multiple Facebook employees who tried to warn their superiors, to try to warn the company about the impact this might have. But they say, according to the Wall Street Journal and this whistleblower, they didn't get any response or an adequate response from the team in charge of the project. Now, what, what sickens me even more is the part of the doc, the leaked documents include the reactions from the Facebook executives and, and basically them celebrating the success of the negotiations and how they got together, in they, they put the plan together in a short amount of time. Now, Cheryl Sandberg, who's the chief operating officer in one of her emails, congratulates their staff for her staff, for the thoughtfulness of the strategy and the precision of execution. Now, what, what we find out as well is that Facebook had created an algorithm that would remove the news sites from the platform. And their claim that the these community pages were caught up in that, I think uh, the fact that there was an algorithm created, I think makes that even a bigger lie because Facebook don't stuff around with their algorithms. They're, they're quite precise in exactly what they want to achieve. So them saying, oh, whoops, we, uh, we, we overshot the runway, I don't believe that for a second. Because this was a, an, a designed algorithm and designed to execute is what the algorithm's designed to do, execute what they want, and that was to take down the new sites and these peripheral community sites to co- to cause mayhem, to cause damage, and to try to strong arm the government in a favor for a more favourable bargaining position. Now the ACCC's Rod Sims is even quoted in the Wall Street Journal story saying that uh, he he would be very surprised to, to if if it was actual a deliberate act. But at the end of the day, as I said earlier, he said the Australian government got exactly what it wanted. So it, the, the, it, it, to me and to the rest of the world, Australia seemed to have the upper hand despite this underhanded tactic of Facebook. Australia did seem to come out on top and Facebook went, just got into line with what the, the media bargaining code was outlining. So despite their attempts... It was. It was. Uh, I think it didn't really. It didn't deter the Australian government. Uh, they got exactly what they wanted. Yeah, it's it's disappointing when a company that large can can exert that much power and but also having little regard to the effects that these actions might have. I think that's the most disappointing part here because for many people, I've been saying it for years. Facebook is their internet. They think of the internet, they think of Facebook. It's their sense of community. It's how they communicate. It's how they find out information. And for them to be denied vital information to try get the upper hand in a, in a bargaining position, I think, is just disgraceful. If you want to read more about that story, check it out at techguide.com.au. Well, I do get asked quite often by my readers and listeners about a on advice on a smartphone that's easy to use. And that's a hard question to answer because your choices is basically, if you want a smartphone, the choice is either iPhone or Android. And each of those systems can be as simple or as complicated as you want. But now there's an alternative. There's a new device called the Big Purple Phone, and that's being designed specifically for seniors. Now, the Big Purple Phone is actually a Nokia G50 5G smartphone. But what it does have is a simplified user interface and big buttons and extra large digits for users. So imagine... It's obviously running Android under under the under the hood there, but imagine this layer, which can give you 
these big buttons, these big instructions, whether you want to make a phone call, a video call, if you want to listen to music, if you want to listen to the radio, if you want to access the camera, if you want to just check the weather. There is a massive icon to direct users uh, to, to, to get exactly the feature that they like, whether it's listening to music, finding information, or contacting somebody. Now, the big purple phone was actually designed by Libby Henderson, and the reason she did it, she, uh, she had been separated from her 85-year-old mother during the pandemic and was frustrated where it, about the difficulty of trying to video call her. Now, this was happening at a time when the, there were lockdowns, she was unable to visit her, so when she tried to try to explain how to do a video call, she couldn't work out how to use the phone. So that's what spurred her into action to try to create this new device, the Big Purple Phone. And the reason it's called the Big Purple Phone is because it, it gets its name from the large purple digits on the screen and the reaction to when, when Libby's mother got it in her hand for the first time, the reaction was, oh, wow, I can actually see it. So she can read, read, the, read the writing and, the, and see the buttons quite clearly. And the, it's designed to have this high contrast design, so it's easier for elderly users to operate it. And it's the only smartphone as well to come with an emergency SOS button. So there's a call alert. Rather, I think on other, on other phones, you have to hold down the power key and slide something across it's a bit of a, a bit of a task to get that happening, but this has a dedicated emergency SOS alert, which will then contact uh, could call Triple O, and it's notif- and notify designated family members and friends. So you've got this big Nokia phone with this purple interface and big buttons, and does everything you want it to do. Because you think about it, if, if someone asks for a simple, easy to use smartphone they're not exactly going to run all the really complicated apps. They want it for the basics, messaging, calling, video calling, checking in with a, with a COVID QR code. Those, those things that during the pandemic, there were a lot of users who wouldn't normally have a smartphone but were forced into one because they needed something to check in. They also needed a way to show a vaccination certificate. That's also There's also a shortcut button for that. So here's a way for customers to have that simple that really simplistic interface, but still doing what they want to do, whether it's calling, video calling, taking a photo, sharing a photo. That, that's the other interesting feature. There is, it's like your own personal social media network because you can only share photos with your family and friends who are on your device. So if there are their contacts on your phone, you've sort of put them inside this, this little inner circle. So it, it does let you share photos with family and friends. So if, if grandma or grandpa or your elderly parents, you, you have, say, take some photos from an event and you, you can easily send them and they'll be able to view them in this, own, this, this photo app that's been created, especially for the big purple phone. Now, the big purple phone is priced at $699, so that's for the device so that you own outright. And then there's a plan, uh, $79 a month for unlimited calls and data on the Telstra network. So that's unlimited calls and unlimited data. Now, in terms of the speed, I don't think uh, the, the, there is some there, – there is a generous data allowance. Uh, what they, they haven't stated it up front in the, in the plan, but it is – significant for it to operate at its highest speed if, if you're buying an easy to use smartphone like the big purple phone i don't think you're going to be smashing 120 meg, gigabytes of data per month so that's i think why they left it uh, for unlimited calls and unlimited data so normally with an unlimited data plan customers are given a full speed allowance so they say let's say 100 gig at full speed and then after 100 gig uh, it's it's throttled back. In this instance, I don't think that the data allowance is decent. They don't actually state it, but it will be operating at full speed because the, the user for this phone is not going to smash through that much data in the first place. So there, there you have it, the big purple phone that will now give me an answer to those many emails and calls I've had on the radio for people asking for a simple smartphone. And you have to remember, this isn't just for seniors. It's also for designed for people suffering dementia or Alzheimer's. So it does tell them up front what day it is, what time it is, the date. 
and the the contacts are also did, uh, are also singled out with the individual's photo. So if they can't read the name, they can see who that person is, or if they can't recognise the person, they can read the name. So either way, they are going to recognise who they're going to call. So it's all these little these thoughtful features that have gone into making the big purple phone that will make it not only easy to use for, for seniors, but also allows them to keep in touch as well, because that was one issue during COVID where making a video call was like, to them at the time, was like flying the space shuttle. It was just too hard. But now it's just a press of one button that allows them to do it. That's another point too. The, the screen on the G50 has been specially designed to be more of a tap screen rather than a touch screen. Now, the 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 Libby who Libby Henderson who created the phone says that one of the reasons for that is because she says and I'm quoting her as we age our skin becomes dry and it's harder for touchscreens to work and problematic for elderly people to swipe so we designed the screen so they can still navigate their way around the phone by tapping now this is a good idea too because. Uh, old older users, uh, if if there's if it's a touch screen that responds to the the slightest touch, it does reduce the risk of accidentally opening apps. And, and how many of you, your your parents or your grandparents, have pocket dialed you accidentally? They they've just touched something and set a call into motion. On my my parents, I, I often my dad sometimes pocket dials me uh, once every couple of weeks, and I think, yep, are you right there, dad? And then I realise that he's, he's pocket dialed me, but. That, that's the reason why, because the, the, the smartphone screen, he uses an iPhone, so it's just one slight touch and that can set a phone, a call into motion, whereas if you're having this new system where it's more of a tap, a deliberate tap on a section of the screen, you're less likely to make those butt dials, to make those accidental calls. The big purple phone, 699 on a $79 plan per month off unlimited calls, unlimited data on the Telstra network. If you want to find out more, check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Well, you know what? How's your password? Do you think about the passwords on your accounts? Uh, and when we, I finish talking about this, you tell me if you need to change your password. Now, last week, it was World Password Day. I love how there's always a day for something, World Password Day. I think recently it was, I'm pretty sure this was right, it was World Nude Gardening Day. Does, is there a day for that? I didn't, didn't understand that. But anyway, there is a day for the World Password Day, and that was last Thursday, so it was May the 5th, a day after May the 4th. We'll talk about that later. And it was a day that really reinforces the need to not only have a strong password, but also to have multi-factor authentication to make your accounts even more secure. Weak passwords and poor passwords just make life easier for a cyber criminal. If you want to have a flimsy lock on your door, then you know what? People are going to walk in and take whatever they want. So we're talking whether you're protecting your social media account, your business data, they all need strong passwords. There was a study done recently by Google. It found that 59% of people use their name and birth date in their password. So that's not really the impregnable labyrinth of uh, security right there. 43% have shared their password. 20% have shared their email password. But get this, even after an account is compromised, so after a breach, less than half, 45%, bother to change their passwords. And that's on accounts that have been compromised. Less than half... 45% 45% change your password. So that means 55% don't care, they don't change their passwords. Now, here's the bit that gets me. The Would you would you believe that still for how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years running, the, the one of the most common passwords is one, two, three, four, five, six. If this is you, you got some homework. Guess what the second most popular password has been for the last six out of the last nine years? The second most popular password is password. So 
we're just handing it on a plate. Like, if, well, that's just we're not making an effort there. So this is a time to really think about the security of your accounts, the strength of your password, but also too adding multi-factor authentication, also known as two-factor authentication. I'll describe that in a sec, but having a strong password and, and again, not having the same password across our multiple accounts. Because guess what happens if a cyber criminal cracks, say a hacker gets into your social media account, guess what? They're going to try all your accounts. They're going to try your, your same password on your bank account, email, other social media accounts, your network, Netflix account, whatever account they want. If you've used the same account, they're going to own you. They're going to own your identity. They're going to own your money. They're going to own you. So I think it's time to really stock, do a stock take on your accounts and check your passwords. Now, there are many password managers. There's lots of password manager tools that allow you to let that do the heavy lifting. And I'm talking about products like LastPass or Dashlane. Now, these work across all platforms and and can sync across all devices. They cost like like five or six bucks a month, but they can have and give you an unlimited number of passwords uh, for your personal accounts, family plans, and that that's what that you can get a personal account or a family plan with these particular password managers. So what they do is they make strong passwords across the board for all of your accounts. And the only password you have to remember is the master password for these account managers, these password managers. Now, if you, our great sponsors, Norton 360, they have part of that package is a password manager. So if you, if you already have Norton 360, and I hope a lot of you listeners have, they're a great sponsor of ours, you might, might, might not even realize that you've got a password manager at your fingertips. You can run this. And what they do, they come up with these really long, complicated passwords that you don't have to remember. They remember it. And they change them every few months as well. That's something that we're advised to do. Now, it's not humanly possible to remember that many different, long, strong passwords. You think about the average number of passwords we have, but we're talking up to 50, 60 passwords to people, accounts that we've got that are protected with passwords. It's, look, I think it's humanly impossible to remember that without some kind of assistance. That's why these password managers are really worth a look. They can save your your identity. They can save your money and give you that peace of mind that you are the lock on your door is super, super strong. Now, remember I mentioned multi-factor authentication, also known as two-factor authentication. Think of your password as your lock and so that your username's a lock, the password's the key. Think of that. Now, think of multi-factor or two-factor authentication is a second lock with a digital key. So whenever you log into a new device, you can log in with your name and password, and then you need to submit a six-digit code that's text that's messaged to you on your smartphone or emailed to you on your computer. That is the second or multiple factor of authentication required to get into your account. So even if your password is compromised, they still can't get into your account because they don't have the that second code. Only you have that code because uh, you've you've adopted the multi-factor or two-factor authentication. Definitely worth a look. Now there are some tips on creating a good password. So, well, the the general like, password hygiene they they say is that is about keeping your passwords private. Never, re, never reuse or, or like a password. Don't ever do that. I just mentioned that before. Invest in a password manager. Use multi-factor authentication and use passwords of at least eight characters or more. The longer, the better. And also chuck in a few uppercase letters, lowercase letters, numbers, characters, like an apostrophe or an or a exclamation point, an at symbol. And a lot of people like to replace uh, like it say instead of the the letter E, they put a three in there, or instead of having an A, they put an at symbol there. So just make it so that it's not easy to guess. Uh, just just makes it even harder for cyber criminals to crack it. Now the other tips of remembering, there is, I like to, I like to if you think of favorite phrases or favorite movie quotes or a song lyric. 
So what you can do, if you think of a line from a movie or a, or a, a song, what you can do is use the first letter of each of the of each of the words in the phrase, and then replace some of the letters with uppercase, lowercase. Do a bit of substitution. So if there's an A, put an at symbol in there. So really mix it up. So it does look complicated to someone else, but to you, I think, oh, that's uh, you know the. That's the I made him an offer he can't refuse, and it's just the first letter of that phrase from The Godfather, for example. So, another good way of creating those strong passwords, but also worth worthwhile. Take the time to invest in a password manager as well. The, the passwords are we're only going to have more of them, not less of them, over time. So I think it's a good idea to invest early and make sure you've got a strong password to keep you secure. If you want to read more about that story? Check it out at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, work, gaming, video calling and more? And what happens if you're doing all of that at once? When you're connected to your world by Wi-Fi, be sure it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of the house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Are you ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com.au slash best Wi-Fi. And now a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Kicking off the reviews this week is a product from DJI, and no, it's not a drone. DJI, as you know, make excellent drones, but they also make products designed to help cap to help you capture great video with their stabilizers. And now they've come up with a product that can help you capture excellent and crisp audio. The product's called DJI Mic, M-I-C, short for microphone, and it is a wireless transmitter microphone system that allows you to record from whether you're shooting with a camera, whether you're shooting with a smartphone or just want to connect a microphone to your computer. So it's ideal for content creators. Now, it, 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 does, it consists of there's two wireless transmitter slash microphones, let's call them microphones, uh, offers dual channel recording. So two microphones can be running at the same time and then coming back to the receiver where you're, it's which positioned either on the camera or on your phone, and that receives a signal, and then that records it to the memory card or onto your phone, and gives you this quality audio. Now, what I love about this product is the fact that it comes in this great charging case. So what it does, it not only organizes the system, but also keeps them charged. Now, DJI says the microphones and the receiver can run up to, uh, the microphones can run up to five hours, the receiver can run up to five and a half hours, and the charging case provides an extra 10 hours of power. And it's just really good to organize. And at one glance, you see the battery level on the case. There's four LED lights on the front. It does allow you to see straight away how much battery life you have. Uh, this is really, really handy because uh, when, when you're using other systems, if you happen, if you need to charge them again, you've got to you've got to connect them physically with a cable to a charger, and they're all separated. This puts everything back in one box and charges everything at the same time. That's what I, that's one feature I really love. So it's, it, imagine it being like your headphones, your wireless headphones. You put them back in the charging case, and whenever you're ready to use them, they're always fully charged as long as you charge that charging case. Now, what you can do when you, you can clip the microphone, there's a little clip on the back. Each microphone is really light, only weighs about 30 grams. So you can clip it to your clothing. So you can maybe have it on the top of your shirt or on the edge of your jacket, and you can use that. You can also there's a magnet on the back of the clip. So if you don't want to if you don't want the microphone to be seen, you can use a magnet to attach it to the underside of your clothing, but still it'll still pick up your voice. 
Now, each transmitter microphone has a 3.5 millimeter jack. So if you want to connect a lapel mic, which is not included, I'll talk more about that. It should have been included. Like the Rode Wireless Go 2 includes a lavalier mic. With the DJI mic, you don't get the lapel mic. You've got to buy that separately. But if you did have one, you connect that to the 3.5 mil jack on the microphone, and that way the transmitter can just sit in your pocket or on your belt and then you can run up the lapel mic up to your shirt, and then that'll run back to the the transmitter. So that's that's a way to, if you want to really hide it or just have a lapel mic, so it'll look a bit more professional with a lapel mic. There's also a windscreen as well. So this is a little, looks like a little, well, they call it a dead cat filter as well. Dead cat, like it's a little furry little filter you put on top of the microphone so that if you happen to be in a windy environment, it really cuts the wind down. And it did. I, I recorded some audio down at the beach, and it, it actually uh, – you could hardly hear the wind at all. And and what I like too, it also really centres on your voice. Because it's so close to your, to your face, it does – it prioritises your voice ahead of all the other ambient sounds. So if you're in a noisy environment, your voice is still going to be heard loud and clear through the microphone. Now, the receiver – has a small screen on the front that tells you the status of the connection. You can see the audio levels bouncing around as well. And it's what I like about this is that you can position it on the hot shoe on top of your camera. And whether you are, if you're the camera operator and there's a presenter, you can put the receiver so that you can see the display. Or if you do what I do and I'm shooting myself, so I've got the camera operating it, so I'm standing in front of the camera and operating the camera as well, I can have the transmitter screen the other way. So, sorry, the receiver screen, so I can see the audio levels are actually reacting and the, the battery level as well. So I can see it even though I'm in front of the camera. You can just twist it around. It does really make it easy, whether you're the camera operator and there's a presenter or if you are the operator and the presenter, you're shooting yourself, then you're able to do that. And most content creators do that. They they have the camera on a, on a, on a gimbal or a, on a handle and, and they're often filming themselves. Having that, uh, that, that screen facing towards them really makes it easier to, to check your audio levels and just to make sure that you're connected in the first place. Now, the system uses the 2.4 gigahertz frequency band, so that's a, that provides a strong signal when you're shooting. It's also interference-free, so that is wireless transmission. So if, you, if you're in a busy area like a shopping centre or a train station or wherever, a lot of people around, a lot of signals bouncing around, we never had an issue. It was still pretty free, pretty uh, clear transmission. Uh, there are two windscreens I mentioned, do they come to reduce the wind noise as well. Now... We used, I connected the DJI mic to my Sony A6600. So anyone who watches me on Sky News, anytime I'm on TV in my home studio, it's, it's shot through the A6600. Uh, and I also use it on my Sony ZV-1. That's my little camera that I shoot a lot of my B-roll, shoot, my, shoot film myself when I'm out. So that works perfectly with that as well. But it also, DJI mic also works with smartphones. And included in the charging case is a connector for the receiver to link to the little lightning switch, a little lightning connector to your lightning port. And there's also a USB-C uh, plug as well. So you can connect it to an Android phone or to a laptop as well. So if you want to use, you, you want to send your audio, you want to record audio onto your laptop, wirelessly all that you can also use that USB-C connection this the, here's another cool f- uh, feature as well you'll notice there's a record button on the side of the microphone now this is to record a safety track so what you normally do under normal circumstances if I'm filming something my, my the microphone's going to send it back to the camera which is going to put it on the memory card along with the video but what the what that does with the record button that creates a safety track. So if something happens to your audio that in the transmission or whatever, it'll it gives you this as a backup. So it records all of your audio in case there's a loss of audio or a distortion or something. Each transmitter actually has eight gigabytes of built-in storage. So each mic that you wear, eight gig of storage on board, which is heaps of space for recording audio. So it's really good peace of mind to hit that record button. The only thing, one word of caution, the microphone record button is right next to the link button. So make sure you're pressing the right button. They look the same shape almost, and they're right beside each other. So uh, make sure you check that out as well. The DJI mic, ideal for content creators, uh, doesn't come with a lapel microphone. The, 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 the 
other option in the market I mentioned is the Rode Go Wireless 2. There are two, it's a dual pack, so you get a receiver, two transmitters, and you'll also get all the cables you need and the lapel microphone, the lavalier wearable mic. You get that with it. That's 349 bucks. DJI mic, no lapel microphone, has to be purchased separately. The DJI mic is 509 bucks. What the DJI mic has over the road system, though, is that amazing charging case. Having that case, I think, really helps keep all your gear together, but also keeps all your gear charged as well. The DJI mic is available now, and if you want to read our complete review, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Well, we are getting deeper into TV season, and the latest company that's released their range is LG. LG have released 42 models across five ranges, including an 8K and 4K OLED lineup, along with the QNED mini LED TVs, and they've also got a new lifestyle TV, which I'll talk about in a moment, but... LG, uh, they've had a good year. Apparently, uh, I was talking to the guys at LG and their sales of their OLED panels in 2021 doubled over the previous year. Now, what they what they put that down to, they said a lot of customers who, it was during lockdown, they weren't going anywhere. And so rather than spending the money that they had saved up for their travel, which they weren't going on, They use that money to upgrade their TV, seeing they're spending so much more time at home, they wanted to improve that experience, and a lot of them bought an OLED TV. So massive, massive result for LG right there. OLED, of course, is the flagship TV in this range. They've got the C series and the G series. Now, the good news here is the OLED technology has improved even further and addresses one of the what what many perceive as a weakness of OLED, and that's brightness. Now, last year we saw the G series deliver a twenty percent increase with the OLED Evo technology. Now, I'm very pleased to report that that technology has now filtered down to the C series, which gives it a twenty percent increase in brightness, and now it is a thirty percent improvement in over last year's G series. G series is the gallery series, a really thin wall mountable, has a special recess on the back so it can mount flush to the wall. C series is the their sort of bread and butter level of OLED. They do have an A series, a more entry level as well. But we're getting this amazing brightness, which then goes on to produce better color and greater clarity as well. Screen sizes, they've addressed the the choice for customers here, where we tend to be going bigger with our TV choices. The range for LG TVs ranges from 42-inch all the way up to a massive 97 inches. Now, there are also the 8K versions of the OLED. There's the 77-inch OLED Z2 8K and the 88-inch OLED Z2 as well. That's 8K resolution of 7,680 by 4,320. That's more than 33 million self-emitting pixels. Now, anyone who buys a Z panel, that's the 8K, or the G2 models, the Gallery Series, they will receive a five-year limited OLED panel warranty. Now, for the rest of us, still the 12-month warranty, but we are protected by Australian consumer law, which says that there is a reasonable expectation that if you spend several thousand dollars on a TV, it's going to operate well beyond the 12-month limited warranty. So the law is protecting you. And in other words, don't buy extended warranty because the law gives it to you for free. So don't be doing that. Now, the TVs, apart from the OLED, of course, and LG leads the world in their OLED technology. They're, they're, uh, it, it's, if, you're, if you're a movie lover, you love watching sport, you love playing games, OLED is the choice because they've got the OLED motion technology, so it minimizes blur while allowing you to still watch the fast-paced action. So that's all it's all about less blur, fast action. So whether you're gaming, watching sport, or watching action movies, whatever it is, that's the TV for you. Now, 
Looking down the range, there's also the QNED Mini LED range. Now, the QNED uses the Mini LED backlighting system, and it combines Quantum Dot and NanoCell, brings them together to provide higher quality, richer color, and I think the result, I have seen these TVs with my own eyes, they look remarkable. Uh, really, the QNED is kind of there middle TV. So there's the, the 4K UHD, sort of the entry-level LED. Then you've got your QNED mini LED TVs, which is so good, better with QNED. Best is OLED. So they've, they've managed to also incorporate in the QNED the precision dimming and precision, precision dimming pro technology. So there are now up to 2,000 individual dimming zones to give you that higher contrast ratio and gives you the greater detail, more accurate color, improved high dynamic range as well. Uh, so you're covered across the board there. Now, I did mention the Lifestyle TV. Now, this TV is called the Art 90. Now, I think early on in, at CES, I think it was the Objet TV or whatever it was called, uh, and they've changed the name to Art 90. Now, this is a TV that can be leaned against the wall, and there's like a tall frame that it sits in. It's a 65-inch OLED Evo screen, and covering most of the screen when not in use is this, um, this textile cover, this specially designed textile available in three or four different colours. When you want to watch the TV, this panel slides down to the floor to reveal the TV, but it still covers up the sound system behind the textile cover. Then when you finish watching TV, the cover moves up and covers like 75% of the TV, leaves, leaves a strip at the top that you can use for, for to, watch, to look at the time or display some artwork or whatever, the weather information. But it, it does really look quite nice. And I've got to say, the Art TV is very smart, but it does cost $17,999. And it's a 65-inch OLED TV. Uh, if you want to really uh, there's pictures of it on tech guide if you really want to it does look quite impressive i have to say if you want to spend that sort of money then it's available if you want to now the whole range uh the pricing they've released pricing all of them are listed on tech guide but if you're looking at let's say a, a c2 42 inch tv that's three thousand two hundred bucks uh, the 42-inch C-Series uh, has been very popular among gamers. OLED 42-inch, uh, it has the, the variable refresh rate, that fast response time. It allows them to have a really accurate, fast performance on the TV. That's why there's a 42-inch available. But the C-Series goes all the way up to 83 inches. That's 13000 for the – these are recommended retail, by the way. That's probably – that'll be more like 11 in store. But the full list of pricing is there. The cheapest TV you can buy is the 43-inch UHD TV. It's 1079 bucks, And you can go all the way up to an 88-inch Z2 8K TV – that's fifty nine thousand nine nine nine. So a dollar's change from sixty k. The biggest four K TV is actually ninety seven inch OLED G two. That's forty seven thousand nine hundred and ninety nine bucks. So forty eight grand in recommended retail price. That might be forty three in stores if you're if you're traveling pretty well. That might be the TV for you if you want to mount it or put it on an entertainment unit. The C series goes up to 13 as well. Uh, sorry, 83 inches as well. I think I mentioned 13,199. The QNED TVs go up to 86 inches and are $8,399 for the NED 91. If you want an 8K QNED TV, then 86 inches is going to set you back 10799 bucks. But don't worry about scribbling down the, the prices. They're all listed on our story at Tech Guide. If you want to check them out, if you want to see that whole range and that price list, check it out at techguide.com.au. It was May the 4th last week, or you know, otherwise known as every single day in the Fennec household. Uh, I love Star Wars, and it's May the 4th every day uh, in my place. Uh, Seagate, though, took this day as the opportunity to release their new collectible hard drives. Now, they have done this before with the Mandalorian Beskar Ingot drives, which I spoke about on the show a couple of months ago. 
and that's basically designed to look like an ingot from the Mandalorian. For May the 4th, they've come up with a these still these portable hard disk drives, so hard drives that are, there's three images in the collection. One is of the Mandalorian, one is of Grogu, a.k.a. Baby Yoda, and there's another one of Boba Fett, and they look amazing. Uh, they've got their, their two terabyte hard drives. They've got uh, their hard disk drives. So they're not SSDs. So they've got the hard disk drives. Can be used with your Mac, your PC, or your PlayStation, your Xbox to increase your memory capacity. Each has a USB 3.2 Gen 1 connection for universal compatibility. It really gives you super fast transfer speeds as well. And they're USB powered, USB bus powered, so it means that they draw power from the device they're connected to. So no need to fuss around, no more additional cables. Uh, and as I said, these join the Beskar Ingot drives, which were released earlier this year. Each of the drives also come with a customizable RGB LED lighting and custom character light. So out of the box, it's red for Boba Fett, glowing glowing blue for Grogu, bold blue for the Mandalorian, but you can play around with these yourself. I think if you're a Star Wars fan, why not show it, I say. The Star Wars Mandalorian 2 terabyte drives are priced at 125 each. If you're a true Star Wars fan, like myself, you might be tempted to buy all three. So it'll be 375 bucks. So you can have all three designs. Now, the Mandalorian design is available now. Boba Fett and Grogu are going to be around in mid-May. I've got two of three, and I intend to get the third one. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that when they come out. The uh, Boba Fett one is the only one I'm waiting on. I've got the Mandalorian, and I've got Grogu, and I'll buy all three because I'm a Star Wars nut, and I'm sure a lot of you are as well. If you want to read more about that story, check it out, techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Now, if you're an online gamer, you want the best performance while still helping to maintain your computer's security, and that's exactly what Norton 360 for Gamers offers. The patented Game Optimizer technology can help maximize gaming performance while still helping to maintain the level of security you've come to expect from Norton LifeLock. Game Optimizer can free your PC from power-hungry programs running in the background that eat up your system's resources, helping you get more performance out of your rig. Whether you're a hardcore gamer or just a casual player, Norton 360 for Gamers helps provide multiple layers of protection for your devices, game accounts, and digital assets. Norton 360 for Gamers also includes features that help protect against cyber threats, including malware and webcam takeovers. If you want to help ensure all the available computing power of your system is allocated to the game for maximum performance, while still helping to maintain maximum protection, then put Norton 360 for Gamers on your team. Listeners of the Tech Guide podcast will receive a 50% discount to a year's subscription of Norton 360 for Gamers by using the promo code TECHGUIDE when they visit au.norton.com forward slash techguide. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk brought to you by our good friends at Belkin, belkin.com forward slash au. They're the company that provides all the great MagSafe products. If you want to get a pair of earphones, if you want to get a a power bank, so many products sold through Belkin, belkin.com forward slash au. Go check it out. Now, I had an email from a customer who spent several thousand dollars on a MacBook, a MacBook Pro, I think, and they said that the computer was playing up a little bit. They took it into the Apple Store, and they found that they told the person that it had water damage. And this person, I'm assuming, uh, hasn't had any water damage. The, the computer is not working anymore. Now, we spoke a few years ago about the fact that water damage is not covered by warranty, whether it's your iPhone, which is supposed to be water resistant, or it's, so that's the device, that, that's the irony of the whole thing. Even a water resistant iPhone that's advertised of people using it in the rain and dropping it in water and all those sorts of things, it is not covered by warranty if it gets water damaged. 
even though it's water it's supposed to be water resistant. But in this guy's case, it, it he claims that the Apple said that there was a liquid a liquid indicator that had been uh, a liquid contact indicator that had been activated. So what happens on a phone on an iPad if your device gets wet, this indicator turns red. And there, there's ways to find out. So if, if you're looking at an iPhone, if you open up your SIM card tray and look inside with a torch, if that's red, you know that it's had water, it's had liquid contact. Now, I've had a lot of readers contact me saying, I never took it anywhere near water, but the liquid contact indicator is has been, is been, has been activated. And Apple then, if there is a repair that needs to be carried out, then you have to pay for that repair because it's not covered under warranty. So in this instance, the gentleman's computer, I think, costs about $4,000. So uh, I'm, I'm going to try to follow it up with Apple, but his only recourse is to still uh, ask the Apple store to take a look at it. So if, it's see, if, they, if you see a red LCI, the liquid contact indicator, you can still contact AppleCare or a service provider or go into a store and see if it can be repaired either – and that's a negotiation for yourself or who or and the, the Apple Store. You can negotiate a repair, whether it's you can convince them to do it under warranty or whether it is uh, done uh, if you have to pay for that repair. Uh, but if you if you've done, I can understand people being disappointed if they haven't their water they, they haven't had their device anywhere near water and this indicator has been activated. I've, I've received emails from plenty of people that are discouraged when this indicator and a lot of them insist that they didn't go anywhere near water so i think look it's a battle that you're going to have to fight i'm happy to go into bat for you if you have do have an issue like this there was a there was a time a few years ago where a gentleman i think two readers had an iphone that was just in their pocket and it was they were in a downpour and the iphone stopped working and they said no it's not covered for warranty you need to get a new phone or get it repaired, which would cost several hundred dollars. Uh, so I, I sort of went into bat and indicated the fact that they weren't in a in a spa or they weren't water skiing or doing anything stupid like that. They were just simply walking in the rain with a with a, in their jacket pocket, no different to what it's shown in their ads and on their website. And they they got a result in that instance, but that was a few years ago. But you need to talk to the Apple Store and just tell them if, if you haven't had any water contact with water then you have to insist that this is not the case and that you've spent good money on their product and that they should help you get it back to working order. And that is our show for this week. If you need to find out about any more that we've spoken about, of course, you can find it at techguide.com.au. If you want to get in touch with us as well, we'd love to hear from you. Info at techguide.com.au is our email or hit the Ask Stephen icon on the homepage on the right-hand side and that'll get an email to me as well. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. 